Hello and welcome to episode 169 of the Redbox Report, the weekly movie podcast where we review the latest Blu-rays and DVD releases for Redbox. I'm your host, Bob Phelan. And I'm your co-host, Joel Phelan. And on this episode, we're going to take a deep dive into 1980s sci-fi throwback movies and TV shows with uh, Midnight Special, the latest movie from Jeff Nichols, as well as the hit new Netflix series, Stranger Things. And our yeah. top five will be Joel Edgerton movies. He's got a pretty cool first name, if you ask me. Yeah, not too bad. <laughs> I used to always say the guy from uh, Good Charlotte stole my first name, even though he was older than me. <laughs> that guy does not deserve that That's name. what I'm saying. He's such a douche. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so here we go. It's the 80s. We're traveling back to our... Uh, first couple years of our lives. Yeah. But before we get into the movies, I would like to mention that I wrote an article for BaltimoreSportsAndLife.com last week, or this week even, titled, Why Does This Summer Movie Season Suck? And uh, if anyone's interested in reading that, I appreciate you checking it out. I thought it turned out pretty good. Yeah, definitely go check that out. Yeah. Seems to be a popular topic. Lately. Yeah, that's kind of why I, I wrote it, and I kind of put a... The headline doesn't exactly like get across my real feelings, but it's like a, it's a controversial-sounding thing. Like, suck. Why does it <laughs> suck so bad? It doesn't. <laughs> Same as every summer. But, uh, yeah, also, I'm trying to quit coffee right now. So if I get cranky, that's probably why. Uh, I understand, dude. <laughs> I uh, switched to some black tea. And, uh, man, it's tough to break that habit. Yeah. I had to uh, cut down because when I be kind of became unemployed or whatnot, I just, that's sort of what I did, is I just drank coffee all day. Just bored. <laughs> I know. You kind of. And then I got used to having like eight, nine cups of coffee a day, and you start getting headaches after. You start having like. Actual like, withdrawal effects within the same day. It's like, uh-oh. Yeah, that's not great. <laughs> but yeah, those headaches headaches are brutal. And it's like, it's just more the routine of it all. Like I've been noticing, I usually would have one right in the morning and then in the evening when I got home from work. And the last couple of days, I'm like, something's missing when I get home from work. Yeah. Something isn't right. Oh, I, I, I really want a cup of coffee, but I'm not going to do It's hard it. to put your uh, finger on usually, too, at first, at least. Yeah. But, uh, Why do I feel this way? Yeah, coffee. I'll probably get back yeah. on it eventually, but I need a break. Yeah, <laughs> it's good to take breaks on anything. Uh, yeah. I'm pretty much down to like one or two cups a day. Like Usually when I wake up. Sometimes in the evening if I'm going to play a game or watch a movie. Yeah. Caffeine, it's one hell of a drug. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, let's get it to Midnight Special. This is the, as I've said for five, six times already, Jeff Nichols' newest movie. Uh, he's the director of Take Shelter, Shotgun Stories, Mud. One of my favorites. Really love what he does with the camera. And in this movie, we have Michael Shannon, Joel Edgerton, Kirsten Dunst, all starring in a, a story about a kid who has some uh, mysterious powers or abilities going on. And yeah. they're on the run. 
from both the police who want to get this kid and a like a religious cult who think of this kid as a god and they want to get their hands on him as well. Yeah. And going in, I was super psyched. Obviously, one of my favorite directors. Every movie he's ever made, I've loved. Well, three of them, but uh, <laughs> I'm always looking forward to his next project. And I, to hear that he Great was... cast. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, not to mention the cast. And the fact that he went from doing, like, these smaller dramas to something a little more uh, inventive and more out there with the sci-fi movie. I was, I was excited. Yeah. How about you? Um, I sort of forgot about the movie until I, uh, started watching it. I kind of, it clicked. I remember hearing about the film. So I didn't have, like, super high expectations, but once I saw the cast and realized who the director was, I expected kind of high things from it. And what did you think? Um, and it was an interesting movie. Yeah, for sure. Um. I love the way it starts out. Right in the middle of the action. They're just... It starts off, they're in a hotel room. There's a news report on saying how this kid has been abducted and keep an eye out for these people and this car and all this stuff. And then you're looking at the people that are wanted. With the kid sitting right there. and I, He doesn't look like he's in much of a panic, so... Uh, it, really, it really just lets you assimilate to the situation naturally and figure out what's going on. And they take off into the night as the credits open or like the opening titles come up. I, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, I like the whole, that whole aspect of the movie that uh, you just are kind of brought into this world where something's already going on and it doesn't really stop to explain anything for you. But in a good way, because you just kind of threw hints throughout the movie not really hints. I mean, I guess they kind of explain it for you, but you get a lot of assumptions from this movie from, like, uh, body language and looks and smaller bits and pieces. No doubt. I completely agree. Uh, yeah, it's, I really, I'll say this, I really like the movie, but it's easily my least favorite of Jeff Nichols' films to date. Like I think Yeah, I was going to say go ahead. Every uh, his first three movies I gave at least a 9 out of 10. So <laughs> that was high standards. This didn't quite reach that, but I did like it. I did like the movie. Yeah, I was going to say this is like this is an interesting movie. Like the whole time I watched the movie, I never thought like I don't want to finish this. I'm very finicky about finishing stuff a lot of times. Although I usually do, but Usually, if I'm thinking I don't want to finish a movie, that's not a good sign. Yeah, that's never but a good I, sign. But I was always interested, like, throughout this whole movie and learning more about what was happening. And, uh... Yeah, like, I... Halfway through, I kind of didn't think this movie was kind of going to live up to my expectations, but... It was still worth the watch. It was enjoyable. It was well-made. Yeah, but, I agree. Uh, the story just didn't really come to anything, for me, at least. Yeah, as far as like the the actual sci-fi aspect of it and and all that, it wasn't perfect. But he's just so good at these like smaller moments, the interpersonal moments, like 
what I love so much about his other movies is just like, even when there's no dialogue, nothing, you're just staying with these characters, for some reason you're drawn into them. And the same thing is here, but I think uh, the plot kind of gets in the way of that a little bit. But I just loved watching the dynamic between Michael Shannon and Joel Edgerton's characters and how Kirsten Dunst comes into it. Even Adam Driver, I thought, was really good as, like, this government agent. Like, I liked all the characters. I would have liked to have seen a little more just them interacting. And, I don't know, I guess either take it farther as far as the sci-fi stuff goes or or scale it back even more. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. Sort of like, uh, there's a lot of characters in the story that I like that I don't necessarily love the story. I mean, I think it's interesting how the sci-fi aspect is kind of half scientific and half mystical almost. Yeah, well, yeah they kind of show that, reflect that in the fact that just like a religious cult or whatever they are that want them, and that also like the FBI and the government. Right. They could use them as a weapon, I guess, or who knows what the religious people are going to do. But uh, I agree. I sort of wish they either would have went more forward with the sci-fi thing or or it be more involved or less involved. Yeah. Uh, what did you think of the whole... Like, I think there's like a Superman allegory, almost, because they're trying to keep him away from the sun, and then you f- it kind of twists on that a little bit later on. He's this this guy that can shoot lasers out of his eyes and... Yeah. It felt like... I don't know. Um, I thought it was a little too much myself. Yeah, he's like the chosen one. I think it's really about parenting, though. I think the whole movie and the most effective parts are when it's the son and the dad and the, or the son and the mom. Like, yeah, I think the movie is basically about how hard it is when your kids reach adolescence to let that change um, can really change the relationship between a parent and a child. So I guess it's like just learning to have to let them go and be their own people and become whatever they are meant to be, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, For sure. Like the parenting aspect is definitely about like letting your kid grow to be what they should be or, you know what I mean? Yeah. You kind of got to guide them along the way, but you also have to let them figure out. Yep. You know, on their own. I yeah. don't know. I'm, th- I'm saying that from the outside looking in. I'm not a parent, so. <laughs> yeah. But it, you could still see that that's there. Um, yeah. But uh, even the end of the movie got me a little, like, uh, misty in the air, but it wasn't anything too crazy. But, uh what did you think of the kid himself, the actor, how his performance was, the way the powers were displayed? I wish, powers-wise, they would have shown it less. Mm-hmm. I thought that would have been more... It would have worked better. I don't know. Uh, after like the second or third time of seeing blinding lights come out of his eyes or whatever... I was sort of, like, not impressed by it anymore. Yeah. I mean, it's a cool effect, but it kind of... It's just kind of repetitious, for sure. Yeah. 
Um, I thought the kid did a decent job. Like at first, I sort of thought he was just going to be the the weird kid that's pretty, you know, has a couple one-liners. He doesn't have a lot of dialogue, I guess, but when he had to be serious, he did that pretty well. Yeah, he had his moments, like, um, when he's saying, like, you don't have to worry about me anymore, all that kind of stuff. Did a fine job. I think he would have fit in very well uh, with in Stranger Things as one of those characters. Yeah. Uh, but um, I thought that the moment at the gas station was pretty awesome, though. When uh, they're, I think, what is it, they're fine, someone catches up to him or something, and all of a sudden, the camera pans to the sky with all like these lights falling down towards them, and then you yeah. realize that it's the kid doing it, and boom, all this havoc. Oh, that was a really cool moment for sure. Yeah, I wish that, there was I more think that of that was kind of stuff. Definitely my favorite scene. Yeah, and I was going to say that I think that's my favorite scene because you don't see these lasers come out of his eyes, and then stuff. It's just. He's looking up in that direction, and all of a sudden, stuff starts falling from that direction. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it might be a budget thing, though. I mean, I'm sure this had a, a little bit of money into it, or more than he's used to having, but obviously, this I don't think this was like a $150 million budget movie or anything. So that could have been a know. factor there. Yeah. But I did think that the ending was really cool, visually. Um, yeah, the, the effects were pretty good. Oh, I mean, that reminded me of Tomorrowland, actually, a little bit. The way the style of all those structures Yeah, the were. architecture and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah, that was... Without really saying cool too much. To but... Now, how about the... Re- I, go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say, I, I think a lot of the aspects of this movie, a lot of its its bullet points would have been a lot stronger if things were more implied rather than shown so directly yeah because that's sort of how you gain the information along the way for the most part is bits and pieces I don't know that's just my opinion maybe that's just yeah I would have liked to have seen it to. more stick to the way it was like in the opening scene of the movie like just keep that pace the whole way through it would have been kind of cool but I don't know how feasible that is yeah. But I, I like the relationship between Michael Shannon and Joel Edgerton's characters because that is never really implicitly stated why he's along, but you can kind of garner what what his motivations are. Like, he obviously came along later in this journey, but he must owe Michael Shannon some kind of debt or at least just know that he's a good enough guy to uh, believe what he's saying. And he's yeah. he's ride or die, man. He's he's with them to the end. Yeah, I never got the. Uh, I guess we're conditioned in these movies to kind of get the sneaky sus- suspicion that someone's going to betray somebody. Right. And I never got that feeling really with him. I guess I had the thought in the beginning, but it's pretty clear that yeah, he's ride or die. Yeah, I mean, there is one moment where it's just him and the kid sitting there. And the thought crossed my mind, like, uh uh-oh, what is this going to be? But then it just turned into, like, Michael Shannon came in and just was a moment where of reflection or whatever. And I guess not every movie has to have that that aspect of it. But 
they do kind of nudge at the fact that they might have some kind of divide over this decision that's being made along the way. Yeah. And that actually happens when they kind of like separate at yeah, some that's point true. where he's like, he's dying, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But they, I mean, they end up getting back together. They just split up for a small amount of time. Mm-hmm. Well, what did you think of Kirsten Dunst as the mom? Um, I don't know. I, I didn't think she necessarily did a bad job, but I thought she wasn't very interesting. She was very much just along for the ride. Yeah. I would have liked to have seen more of her, actually. She didn't really have much of, yeah, a, of I, a presence. That, that's sort of what I mean, is they should have used her more. Yeah, I think or, she's I don't a know. good... I'm not trying to say she shouldn't be a character, but... Yeah, yeah. Her performance was pretty decent, and I think she's a good actress... I like especially liked her in season two of Fargo, but um, yeah, I just didn't think really they gave her enough to do. Yeah, I I definitely got the feel the motherly feeling from her being there. Like, there's a whole another vibe, and she's kind of along the ride. Yeah, like she's kind of like his anchor in a way. And I like the dichotomy Boy. between the relationships, like the the way the kid is with his dad is different than he is with his mom or how they are reacting to what's going on. I liked uh, the way it showed the differences of the two different parents might react to a kid growing up or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I totally didn't hear like the last minute. You just, (laughs) it's her dichotomy. Hey, gotta use those 10, 10 point words or whatever. I was like, Oh man, he crashed. guy. (laughs) But yeah, so what did you think of the church aspect with um, them wanting to like get him back as their idyllic figure? Another thing that I think is just not used enough yeah, in I the agree. story to make it really even relevant to anything. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really amount to anything. I don't know. It It really becomes a side note. It's almost sort of like uh, that was like an early part of the story, and it just sort of didn't make sense later on, but they didn't bother to cut it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I kind of agree. It reminded me of a little bit of Stranger Things, like uh, the leader of the cult or religious uh, sect was like the scientist going after the girl at Stranger Things. Like, Yeah. I don't know. It seemed like he had a more central role, but it never really... Worked out. <laughs> Never it really didn't uh, materialized. Really out to anything. Like you don't even see, like whatever happens to them at the end. Yeah, I much preferred the um, FBI aspect with Adam Driver's character. Yeah, I totally agree. I think what it ended up being is just a s- kind of cheap way to. And I don't really mean that uh, cheap, like in a really bad sense, but just a sort of cheap way to mount up the tension a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah, in theory it works. I could see how two different people coming after, you know, after them and maybe Yeah, just... I could definitely see how on paper it would have been like, oh, okay. But just yeah. I don't know. It might be maybe even an editing issue. True. It could have been like studios like this is way too long already. We got to cut this, this, this. So Yeah, yeah. I did like how Adam Driver, like, 
he starts off, he's investigating, he needs to get this kid back, and then at a certain point, he, like, becomes a believer in the kid himself and wants to jo- tag yeah, along. I think it happens even before he meets him as well, right? Mm-hmm. For the marriage part? Pretty least. much, yeah. Yeah, but I don't know. It just felt like something was missing with this movie, and I was really disappointed by that. But still... Yeah, there was definitely a piece or two of this puzzle that wasn't in the box. Yeah, but still, for this being uh, Jeff Nichols' worst movie, in my opinion, still pretty darn good. I mean, a lot of different aspects to like about it. Definitely something you should pop on if you see it on HBO or something like that. Yeah, I was going to say, I'd still recommend it. Yeah, for sure. I wouldn't say go out of your way, clear your schedule to watch it, but if you have the opportunity to, it... I could see why someone would like this movie a lot, in a way. Yeah, if you like that Spielberg 80s sci-fi type thing, this is a little bit of a different spit on that, but still in the same vein. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so actually Jeff Nichols has another movie coming out this year called Loving, which is getting, like, great reviews out of the film festivals, and apparently it's going to be an Oscar contender. It's Joel Edgerton in there as well. Yeah, he is. Him and Ruth Nega from Preacher... Are playing. I think they're playing a, a interracial couple who are just dealing with the whole, you know, sixties uh, or seventies uh, issues yeah. and rights of a married couple and all that. So apparently, that's amazing. I can't wait to see that. That seems mm. more up his alley of the drama. So we'll catch back in with him. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> What would God, you give this movie? Out of um, six and a half. A solid six and a half. Alright, alright. I could see that. I'm at a light seven and a half. I just think I was able to appreciate the things I did like about it more than the things that didn't exactly work for me. Yeah, I mean, this this could have been a seven for me. It just... I don't know. It just didn't all quite come together for me. Give it a seven, but I mean, a solid six and a half. Like I, I recommend watching it. Yeah, for sure. Couldn't agree more. Well, before we get into uh, Stranger Things, the other side of the coin with this double double review, let's do our top five Joel Edgerton movies. All right. Now he's a uh, he's more of a side actor or character actor, I guess, uh, with side roles and supporting roles. Uh, when did you first, like, notice him coming onto the scene? Um, one of the scenes, Zero Dark Thirty. Yeah, that was, like, a, a little more prominent one. I feel like I've been seeing him, not really clicking who he was, but I feel like he was in a lot more movies than I've actually seen, but, um... I don't know, The Great Gatsby is probably the first one I actually, like, really remember him as an actor from. Yeah. I mean, he's from Australia. He had a lot of those films in his early, earlier parts of his career, and now he's, he's definitely getting more and more big roles as time goes on. Yeah, I don't think The Great Gatsby was also uh, my least favorite, or... I, I don't think it's the first film I saw him in, but it's definitely the first one that I noticed him. Right. Like he stood out. Yeah. Yeah. But what is your number five? My number five is Midnight Special. 
Alright. That makes sense. Um, partially on the low end because I don't usually like putting the movie we just reviewed on the list unless it's absolutely necessary. <laughs> yep. And, yeah. Midnight Special, honorable mention for me on this list. But my number five has a spinoff on TNT or a TV series adaptation of the same story. It's Animal Kingdom, the Australian drama about a crime family led by the mom and the, the sons. and It's a yeah, pretty I dark, never brutal tale. It. It's really good. I, uh, I just started watching the American version. Yeah, that's the first time I ever heard of it, though. I mean, yeah, this was kind of an under radar movie. I think two thousand seven or something like that. And people uh, speak pretty highly about it. Yeah, so. it's definitely worth checking out. It's really good. It's it's definitely gritty, dark comedy a little bit. And uh, Jackie Weaver is great as uh, the mom, and Joel Edgerton plays one of the sons, and he's very good as well. Very uh, very interesting movie. All right, my, I guess my number four would actually be my number five, but all right, it's already been put out there. So my number four is Exodus, Gods and Kings. All right. Yeah, I saw it. Yeah, I've seen five Joel Edgerton films, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I might have seen a sixth one, but I couldn't remember enough to go. It's pretty ridiculous that he got the role in that movie that he did get, though. You have to have to agree. But the shaved head, just cast someone that's Egyptian or or something. Don't make an Australian Joel Edgerton milk toast guy into like uh, the character. Yeah, like I can, I can see if the movie's like really stylized or something, like a Sin City, or you can kind of pull things off a little bit more. Yeah. But it's just so weird how he does not look like Joel Edgerton. In another, my number four is The Gift. This was a movie that he actually directed himself, starring Jason Bateman as the high school bully of Joel Edgerton's character. And it's kind of like a horror, not really horror, but a thriller revenge type thing. And uh, I thought it was really well done. I thought he played the role really well of his character and Jason Bateman was Jason Bateman but the direction was pretty well done for someone who had never directed a film before so he, yeah. he's good as an actor and he might even be better as a director time will tell wow we will see um, my number three is Zero Dark Thirty alright um I think I've only actually seen this movie once. I, I remember I didn't like it as much as other people liked it, but I don't know. There's just something that you couldn't really miss with a movie. The topic. Yeah. Catching Osama Bin Laden and all. Pretty fascinating. Yeah, it'll become readily apparent that you don't like it as much as me in a little bit. My <laughs> <laughs> number three is another uh, Australian movie. It's called The Square. This is another like uh, thriller, drama type thing about a guy who works at a construction um, site 
and it's been a while. I think it was 2009 it came out, but I'm pretty sure it has something to do with this guy murders someone and, like, buries them in the cement of the base of the building they're building or whatever, and it's kind of like, see if he can get away with it or or whatever. And uh, really well done. Really good. Uh, definitely worth checking out. Nice. My number two is The Great Gatsby. That's my number two as well. I, uh, I love this movie. Um, Surprised the hell out of me, too. That's for sure. I l- oh, shit. Well, very, like, pompous, rich guy. Let's see, the polo player. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He does a good job of being a really um, charismatic and kind of bullish. But they also show a little bit of his... Um, his weaker side, like his fear of being the polo player, like he always uh, relives his glory days or whatever. His glory days are ever. Like <laughs> thing. I don't know. There's a lot of undertones in The Great Gatsby that I really like. Absolutely, it's one of my most pleasant surprises of the past five years. I was shocked how much I loved it, or I wouldn't say I loved it, but really, really liked it. I just thought. The music, the score, the soundtrack, the bright colors even, like everything about it was just vibrant and full of life and very fun, entertaining movie with yeah, deeper meaning did too. The, uh, the time period justice with yeah. a modern setting almost. Yep. It's not literally movie. modern, but a modern. Compared to what the book is. is. 1910, 1920s. A little more alive than you would imagine. Yeah. But yeah, um, um, Great Gatsby is great. Gatsby. Yeah, it it didn't do super well critically either, did it? No. Well, I think it did okay critically. It definitely didn't make as much money at the box office as I think they were expecting. Yeah, I just, if I remember right, it was a movie that people hated on a little bit when it came out. And when it came to awards time, it, it kind of came yeah. around a little bit more. But. I want to say that the art, Rotten Tomatoes is like a 60% in that area, which is way too yeah. low in my opinion. Yeah, definitely. What's your I, number I would one? feel like the oh. movie should be closer to like the 80s. Yeah, but. yeah, I agree. Your number one? Black Mass. Black Mass. I don't Although I do feel about this movie, it's kind of the American gangster of its time. Yes. A pretty good movie, but it wasn't really what it could have been. The perfect comparison. I'm sure we brought that up in our review a couple months ago. But yes, that is exactly what it reminds me of. But um, individually, acting-wise, I thought it was pretty amazing. Like Even though like Benedict Cumberbatch isn't in it a whole lot, like... He's pretty amazing in it. Joel Edgerton does an amazing Boston accent. And Johnny Depp's really fucking crazy good at being Whitey Bulger. He's committed, that's for sure. Yeah. Which it was also Johnny Depp's first, like, actually good movie. In a while. So I think that gives it a little bit of points just for that. Yeah, I think he took uh, being Whitey Bulger a little too far into his real life, uh, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Yeah. 
But yeah, my <laughs> my number one is Zero Dark Thirty. This movie that you gave no respect to. Yeah, I, I forgot <laughs> that uh, you like. What are the, this is like one of the movies that we really draw a line in the sand with when we talk about. Uh, it's this one in Social Network. That's the one you like. You love that. Yeah. I don't dislike, but <laughs> yep, exactly. I love Zero Dark Thirty. I Jessica Chastain. This is when I I was already like catching this. She had such a nice run. I think it was uh, late two thousands, early uh, alt tens, and she was on a really good run there. And this is the one that just pushed it over the edge for me, where I'm just like, yep, she's my favorite actress. She <laughs> she knocked this role out of the park. I thought she was deserved the best actress award at the Oscars, but I don't think she won. Um, and it all, I just love how it starts as this character study of her, and the way it morphs, it gets bigger and bigger as the movie goes on, and as the closer they get to, or I guess it's kind of the farther away they get from Bin Laden, and then the closer they get. And yeah. I just love that final set piece, action set piece, the last 20 minutes or so. It turns into a like you're watching SOCOM Navy SEALs, uh, how perfectly they captured oh, the, uh, the the uh, assassination of Bin Laden. I just thought it was excellent. And the torture scenes, the people that had like this major problem about that, I don't know. It just it doesn't bother me if that's what happened and they showed it. Then um, that's what happened, yeah. yeah. It's a movie, guys. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I love that movie. I think it's probably one of my top 100 <clears throat> of all time. <laughs> Actually, I was thinking, before I forget to mention it, maybe for our 200th episode, we could either count down each of our top 50 or top 100 movies. That'd be a heck of a uh, <clears throat> commitment and long podcast, but could be cool. Yeah, I mean, I'd have to really get my shit together. And <laughs> see, it's hard for me to pick favorites because in all things like that, I can music, movies, video games. I don't really look at things as being like my top ten or whatever. Like I look at things as being like, like this is my favorite multiplayer game of all time, and this is my favorite shooter mm -hmm. or like movie wise this is my favorite action movie or my favorite comedy <clears throat> like I, I guess I, what I'm saying is it's hard for me to compare like how good a comedy is next to how good yeah it's true like, it is very hard to compare. period piece because like I was watching a podcast the other day and they were kind of making the argument that Charlie and the Chocolate Factory the original one is one of the better movies ever made and when you break it down in certain ways, you can make the argument for some movies like that. Even if it's not my favorite. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. I, I could take a crack at doing something <laughs> like it. It doesn't least. have to be perfect. Yeah. Well, I think that's what nags me in my head. It's like, if I put this out there, that's like... I know. That's I know. It is. I have a top 100 list on Letterboxd, and I'm constantly like anxious over it. Every time I just look at it, I'm like, no, this is wrong. Oh, no, this has to go up two spots. Oh, dear, God darn it. Yeah, how is this better than this? Yeah, it's tough. <laughs> but I yeah. think it would just be something cool to celebrate a milestone episode. We'll see. See how it goes. Yeah. Alright, um, let's get into Stranger Things. This 
series on Netflix literally just came out of nowhere. I mean, I saw yeah. them, like, when I was just on Netflix, like, a month ago, I randomly there was, like, the trailer playing at the top of the screen as I was scrolling through, but other than that, I had heard nothing about it, and then it was released, and, like, two days later, that's all anybody on the internet could talk about. Yeah, that's how I got into watching it, is I just turned Netflix on one day, and it was just sort of at the top, and I started watching it. Yeah. I mean, it caught fire real fast. I guess 80s nostalgia is really in right now. It's got, it's like a, the series is like a combination of Steven Spielberg and Stephen King. Like it's, it's got that lighthearted 80s feel to it, but definitely darker than like the Spielberg movies. Yeah, I read, when I was about halfway, or more than halfway, like four or five episodes in, I decided to like read about it because Mm -hmm. I was like, how did I not hear about this? And they literally reference it's the mix between a Steven Spielberg, John Carpenter, and yep. a little bit of little bit of James Cameron in there. Which actually, towards the end, there's like a pretty direct reference to Alien. Yeah, definitely. Almost like looks like a prop from it. Yeah. Oh yeah. But um. But yeah. Before sh- I looked that up, I remember saying this reminds me of like Goonies or E.T. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Or horror Or like even Close Encounters but with kids and there's just a lot going on with it actually but the show is about a kid who goes missing. This is first episode stuff so it's not really spoiler. A kid who goes missing and basically the show is if there's like different parts where his the kid's friends are looking for him, the kid's brother and mom are looking for him, and then there's a police, uh, yeah, slash yes, F, the FBI is still involved, but they're not really investigating. Yeah, whatever but there's like a detective or a police uh, uh, officer out, investigator out on uh, on the look, and also at the same time, you're introduced to this this young girl who is like a lab experiment creation of this company who does these kind of weird science experiments and by the end of the first episode you realize she there's something more to her like she's almost like the kid from midnight special she's got powers and abilities and she can kill grown adults that are coming after her with guns yeah i think it's a nod to the old cia tests like mk old it's like sort of about mind control slash tell telekinesis yeah for sure but they definitely kind of run with it yeah well what did you think of the show i loved it yeah i liked it quite Um, a bit it was really well made it doesn't really like it does play on the whole nostalgia thing but it's still a modernly made movie except for the fact there's probably not actually there probably is a decent amount of green screen in it but for the most part, it's all like one location. I heard that it's the uh, there is a monster <laughs> in the in the show as well, and yeah. uh, I heard that he's actually animatronic. Really? Yeah, for the most part. I'm sure there's CGI involved, but I guess yeah. um, should we give spoiler warning? Because I don't know how else we're going to be able to really. Yeah, dive it's going to be kind of hard to talk about it whatsoever yeah. without spoiling. All right, so you heard it here first. Spoilers ahead. 
listen at your own risk. But uh, if you're not going to continue listening to the spoilers, I would highly recommend the show. Yeah, definitely go out and watch it. Yeah, so, oops. What, what, what parts did you like the most on this? Because there, there's a lot going on. Yeah, um, first off, I'll say the child actors that they got were perfect. They were actually kids. They weren't wooden sticks. Yeah. Just sort of got in the way in the story. <laughs> they kind of were the life of the story. But I really like the layered um, way of telling the story from the there's the kids' point of view, and then there's the other the teenagers, I guess. Yeah. They're all kind of like still living their lives or trying to while this is all going on too, which kind of makes the story more interesting as well. But yeah, I like that this is an eight episode series where they really can give every character and tier of stories their own breathing room and really delve deep into it. Whereas if it was like trying to do all this in like a two hour movie, a lot of things would have been felt cheated out of, you know, they would have had yeah. to only focus on one or the other, but I love the way that it's almost like freaks and geeks. Like you got the younger kids and the older kids who both have their own problems. Like there's bullies on both sides. There's, uh, like interactions between girl and boy at, for specific to their own ages. But then there's another level with the grown ups and the mom and the detective and all that, which... Yeah, and it's all the same thing, essentially. Just relevant to their age. Yeah, just gives a different perspective on how this would, um, you know, affect the different people involved. Yeah, and the majority of this show is getting all the main characters, the main cast. It's, it's a lot about this person this person experiencing this crazy, I don't know, what do you want to call it, sci-fi or horror monster? Yeah. There, there's a lot of, horror. there's a couple of layers to what's going on, like sci-fi-wise or whatever. Yeah. So they all experience different things. Like someone might see the monster, other people might hear voices or see this crazy electrical thing going on. Yeah, and it turns out it's like a parallel reality type thing where yeah. these experiments on this girl, like she opened accidentally opened up this portal somehow, and it, just really it, creative, really cool idea. It, they never really tie up all the loose ends with that. No, as well, I know. Like, I'm even like, did they even really explain how this works? And no, they they didn't really do it. And I like, thought it worked that way. I think it did for the most part. Looking back, though, it's sort of like like they open this portal so that they close up this whole room and all. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it can also come out of the trees and the houses. And so what's stopping it, what links it to these people specifically? Yeah. I don't know. There's... There's little things, well, but I didn't really think about that a whole, whole lot during the show. Apparently, they have, like, it all, it actually, they have it all worked out for the future seasons that they might do. So, I think there's a reason everything worked the way it did, at least from what the creators are saying. They have, like, a whole manifesto on how that 
parallel world works. So With I that guess being said, sorry. No, it's alright. The sci-fi aspect was my least favorite part of this show, even though it is crucial to the story and whatnot. But I almost wish they went more of like a monster direction than sci-fi. Yeah, actually, like the mad scientists and that whole group, like were my least favorite part of the show. Yeah, because he—I mean—he barely talks. I don't really understand. At even at the end, I don't really understand like his motivations and like where he's coming from. I don't know. I just didn't think he was a great villain. Like I thought the monster stuff was really cool, and just how like the parallel world is like his. The rooms are the same, except that they look disgusting with this, like, slime and... Yeah, like, it looks taken over. Visually, it's really, really uh, interesting how they pull that off. Yeah, I liked how the other side looked. Like, it was, like, ash or something falling yeah. everywhere. and So, I liked it individually, kind of, but... I don't know, I guess what I'm saying about this whole show is... The journey to where they're going is far more interesting than where they're going for me. Okay, what yeah. is what really makes the show worth watching for me. Because, to be honest, by like the last episode or so, like I watched it because I wanted to finish it, but I wasn't all that interested in the resolution. Yeah, and I, I sort of like I was telling my brother this. I kind of don't like how they kind of set it up for future seasons in a way oh really i did because i would rather them use like the brand stranger things and just make like an original concept each season yeah like sort of like true detective or something yeah, like that anthology series yeah i'd be cool either way actually i loved the last episode i thought that was um the best part of the whole show just had so many standout moments in that in that last episode where um, you get the whole backstory on the detective and how his daughter died from cancer and how oh yeah like I like flashing back episode. and flashing forward like that scene when he's pounding on Will's chest trying to resuscitate him flashing back with like the failure of being able to do so with his daughter that was like powerful stuff right there oh no I agree. Um... Although I never really thought he was going to die after all that. No, I didn't either. It might have been a more interesting way of doing it, but, uh... <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm trying to... Like, I liked all that part. And I don't necessarily not like the monster. Not Like, I think individually it's cool. But I guess the direction they went where I keep saying it's sort of half sci-fi, half, like, paranormal. I sort of wish they would have went all the way, either way. Mm -hmm. I guess what I'm saying, I just didn't care too much about what was going on anymore. I just sort of wanted to see what the resolution would be. Yeah, I hear you. But let's, let's see, let's kind of take this in tiers. Like, we'll start with the kids. I thought that the girl who played uh, Eleven, or L for short, was the best part of this group. I just thought she really portrayed uh, this, I guess, I don't know if she's alien or just foreign, you know, uh, perspective. I thought, like, the way she 
get the bloody nose when she used her powers was really cool. I just I everything about her was one of my favorite things. Yeah, I thought uh, acting while she was pretty good. I really liked the boys though. Like I thought they were really believable as kids. Yeah. It seemed pretty natural when they were talking to each other, like they were actually friends. They might have been a little overanimated sometimes, but I really do like how throughout the movie how they rationalize things with how they things they experience playing Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. It's kinda of interesting. It's yeah. sort of how they were a little bit of ahead of the curve. Yeah. But I like how their whole dynamic with like just like real friends that something happens where um the two best friends are pissed off at each other and someone has to apologize first and neither of them wants to do it. All that kind of stuff. And the whole scene at the at the cliff or whatever with the bullies. Oh, and yeah. That was pretty crazy. It was real, that was the only part of this that I was like really unsure of what was about to happen. Yeah. I kind of figured she was going to save him after he jumped off, but... Still really cool how it was done, but those bullies were real pieces of shit. <laughs> they were. <laughs> I mean, Jesus Christ. So make him jump off. Yeah, I'm going to give him a, a dentist. Or I forget what I'm going to cut his teeth out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. But yeah, but then you uh, had the, uh, the teenagers, which was more like a John Hughes movie, <laughs> all their parts put together. Yeah, I uh, I thought the girl did a pretty good job. Yeah, I thought she was great. I liked her character arc, like from where she starts the season to where she ends. I mean, it was a believable um, passage. And I'm surprised I liked this so much, but I I'm kind of glad they didn't use the stereotype of the best looking jock guy as being a, a complete. <laughs> yeah, he sort of kind of is because he wants to like just go along with people, but but he still he actually has a bigger yeah. personality than that, I guess. Yeah, he's not, still not a uh, forefront in the movie, but or the show. Yeah, I like that he wasn't just one dimensional. I mean, yeah, he. But it, at the same time, it didn't turn out. Oh, actually, he's the best guy in the world. You know, it just was. He is who he is. He has pluses and minuses like everybody. Yeah, I think that's uh, maybe one of the things that really modernized these shows, even though they have real big 80s, 90s vibes, is that the characters are more dimensional. They're more flawed. Mm-hmm. But realistically, like, like even like the cop, he has his issues. I don't know. Yeah. Sort of got lost in the, the thought process. <laughs> that's right. Uh, what about the older brother? Uh, I forget his name, but the guy with the camera, and you kind of feel like he's going to win the girl in the end, but I like how they kind of went against the grain there, and she actually went with the jockey guy. Yeah. But his um, character, I, he was such a... I don't know, I didn't understand why he was taking pictures of them at that little party thing. It doesn't exactly exactly makes sense no <laughs> after his brother went missing he's just going creeping on this i don't know but well, i guess I mean, the, plot wise it came into play heard screams so yeah it, true it initially get their good intentions but 
and the pictures he took ended up having more uh, important role, but it was a little far fetched, I thought, because it didn't really fit. He doesn't. He's not really a creeper any other time. Yeah, he's like socially awkward, but yeah. he like understands. Uh, yeah, I agree. That was kind of wild. And how crazy that the girl's friend, uh, I forget her name too, I don't remember names, but she gets, like, killed <laughs> by the pool. Yeah. Uh, I thought she was going to end up being alive somehow, but nope. <laughs> Dead as a doornail. Yeah, so. I thought that was how we, uh, how it was all going to play out. Like, alright, there's no. I thought maybe, like, someone else would go missing too. Yeah. So that's another thing they don't really explain is why he's not exactly dead yeah well I, I kind of figure it's like um just like aliens and alien uh like he's being used as a host so that this creature since there's only one in the whole entire thing like this creature wants to create more and repopulate its kind or whatever i got you so he got him start repopulating so i thought yeah he was kind of yeah. incubating and that's kind of where it plays out at the end when he coughs up that little little guy. But, um... That's cool. Yeah. Actually, I kind of thought, like, it was going to end up being that the monster wasn't as much of a monster as it appeared. Like, he had... Yeah, I sort of got that vibe, too, where it was like, this has got to be, like, a misunderstood thing, right? Yeah. Like, or it's just a different or... culture type thing. But... No, he's just a fucking evil, terrible monster. <laughs> yeah, he's just a boogeyman. <laughs> yeah. And then I guess the last part would be the what my probably either my second or favorite or just flat out favorite character was the detective guy. Thought that actor did oh yeah fantastic. Hundred percent agree. Although Winona Ryder did a pretty good job for yeah. Like. I mean, she was pretty good. I I don't know how much we needed hysterical. You know, mom. Yeah, I feel like she had to ham it up though for the yeah, kind of the that's true. sake of it. But yeah, I agree. It did great on you, even though it makes sense. I mean, she already wasn't the most stable person, and to lose your son the way that that happened, I I get it. But it just was kind of grating at times. Yeah. But I did think it was pretty hilarious how she was communicating with Will with the lights and. <laughs> hey, it was definitely something you would see a crazy person. Like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Holding a bundle of Christmas lights, like, blink once for yes, twice for no. Like, there's definitely a possibility as I'm watching that that I'm like, oh, this is just in her head. Like, it was up in the air for me if it was real or just her imagination. Yeah, I, I guess that kind of crossed my mind as well after the first few episodes. was sort of like, is this going to be one of those things where it's just, there is weird stuff going on, but... It's the trauma that's making people make these connections. Or... Yeah. It wasn't until, like, the little girl saw the lights, too, that I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. And I liked how she did the alphabet with all the different things. Like, that was pretty creative. Yeah, it was cool. It definitely looked cool, too, to have that whole trailer filled out with, like, Christmas lights. Yeah. For the other scenes. Definitely. Uh, what did you think about when, at the end of episode three or four, when... Dude's dead body <laughs> washes ashore. Wow, that was like that's 
there's a real uh, wrench into yeah, I was like, this whole thing. <laughs> oh, shit. Maybe it's just like his uh, soul or something is on the other side. Or, or like his his mojo, his presence, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I definitely didn't expect it. To be a stuffed animal? <laughs> yeah. That was crazy how he's cutting into him and pulling stuffing out of this flesh... Oh, that was that was really uh it looked freaking crazy real. Yeah, it did. If it was like actually a doll or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but that de- but the detective was the best. He's clearly dealing with some stuff. I like how they kind of reveal it slowly over the course of the season. Yeah, he's almost not a good guy initially. Yeah, he's like this guy who's hungover, he's drinking, he's as he's doing his investigating, he's like apologizing to every woman he comes across. I guess he was kind of <laughs> yeah. Uh, but then he he slowly figures it out and I liked his development from drunken like loser cop to like he's kind of getting his shit together yeah he uh, the way he start unco- starts uncovering all this is he just sort of he doesn't really have any interest in doing it he's just like if this kid, he pretty much knows in his head if this kid doesn't show up like the next day or whatever yeah it's probably, but it's just that he doesn't write it all off like some I don't know stereotypical at least like movie comics. Right, would. like like <laughs> the difference between him towards Winona Ryder's character and the ex-husband <laughs> is is perfect uh, capsulary of the differences of those characters. Like the ex-husband's like you know you're losing your mind, right? Like you're. You're flat out crazy. This is ridiculous. Blah 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 blah. Whereas the detective is more like, you know, there's a chance this could be all in your head. <laughs> like he's being nice about it. He's trying to let her down easy. Yeah. And he doesn't exactly rule it completely out either. Like in the back of his mind, he has that as he's investigating. Oh yeah. I mean, he is rational. He thinks that probably thinks that his head this. She probably is crazy. Yeah. But I will. And it's just through, like, not even a process of elimination. It's just, it's really the fact that they go and ask about things, and he just blatantly catches them in lying. But it kind of goes along with it. And it's, just, it's like, huh, that's yeah. weird. Yeah, exactly. And I like that he's, like, he seems like, a, I mean, he is a nice guy, and he's kind of like, uh, laid back, but then when he he needs to, he can get rough. He like beat up that guy pretty good. Uh, yeah, like he definitely he just, packs a punch. He totally once he like decides to go in, he go, he jumps in the deep end. Like he just starts breaking laws left and right. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, he's definitely he start really rooting for him because he's doing the right thing. Yeah, no doubt about it. You know, they, I can't, I don't know if they announced that it's getting a season two, but they announced that if they get a season two, it will be a sequel. I'm sure it's going to get a sequel. This thing is, you know, it's really Oh, popular. yeah. Are you? I watched the, uh, I watched the second season. Yeah, like, definitely. I don't have a problem with it, but like I said, I, I sort of just like, like shoes in this style. Yeah. Oh yeah, I even in the first episode, like just something about the way it was filmed, like 
with the school bus pulling up to the school, the whole mood about it was just like, yeah, this feels right. Like, this is really cool. Yeah. It just had a vibe to it. Yeah, definitely. And even, like, the uh, with the intro scene, whatever you call it, like the Stranger thing, yeah. the music. Yeah, it's really cool. There's another, the music's pretty good. Yep. There's uh, a... Should I stay or should I go? Is he's constantly playing? Yeah. <laughs> do but you I think, mean, like the intro score. Yeah, I know. I got you. Uh, <laughs> do you think Eleven will be back? Because I actually I love that part again in the finale where uh, the monsters coming in and the one friend has got his little slingshot and he keeps missing and missing and then. <laughs> It looks oh, like yeah. he nails him right in the head, and it pushes him all the way back, and it was a cool reveal that it was actually uh, Eleven who did it. And I like how she just, like, flips, flicks her hand back and knocks Will into the wall, like, stay back, and then she turned into a badass at that moment, so... Yeah, that was an awesome scene. Because uh, <laughs> I was even, like, when they did... Th- I was like, no fucking way. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> it's like, man, he's got one weakness... But yeah, like, and she sacrifices herself to to get rid of the monster. But I I hope she comes back for a season two, and I'm sure she will because you know it's a big character. And I hope well, she's as badass as she was at the very end the whole time. Do you want to go over the little things that happen at the end that point that direction? Or yeah, with the detective like leaving the uh, the wall, the yeah, arrows like, out like. He, he has a connection with her as... Actually, I thought that it was going to turn out somehow that that was his daughter in some way. Like, that they yeah, did, I thought did something a... with her and, like, that was going to be his daughter somehow. But more, uh... It's more of, like, more just a... Yeah, exactly. But uh, even before he puts the food out, which the fact that he puts waffles out is, I think, Significant. I think it's, uh, significant. Like maybe she just lives on the other side now. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's really weird. But he gets picked up. At, I forget what's going on exactly. Is it? Uh, but the feds or whatever pick him up after everything happens. Right, right, right. And that's all they show. They don't show any more of him with them. And then he's putting the food out. So it's almost like he knew something. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely going to be more stuff in season two about that. And then at the very end with, what are they eating, Thanksgiving or Christmas dinner? Christmas Eve dinner, I think. And he says he needs to use the bathroom and then coughs up this like leech type thing. Yeah, this glob of monster <laughs> Yeah, from the parallel world, upside down world. Um, I actually heard a pretty cool theory about... Like, if, if this was a standalone and there wasn't a season two and that monster wasn't about to grow and kill everybody, that it would be a good representation of, like, someone, especially that young, that goes through a trauma like that. Like, as much as they want to act normal, little pieces uh, little pieces of that experience are just going to keep coming up randomly. You know uh, what I mean? That's a cool way to look at it. Yeah. I thought that was a pretty uh, smart take. wasn't mine, but I like it. Yeah. But yeah, I'll give Stranger Things 8.5 out of 10. I really, really enjoyed it. 
Eight and eight, I'd give it a, a solid eight. Nice. Totally recommend watching it. Yeah, there's no question. It's only eight episodes, and it's not even, like it's forty to fifty minute episodes, so easy to watch. Definitely easy binge. Yeah, I, I think I watched like five episodes the first time I sat down. <laughs> I watched one episode one night, the second episode the next night, and then the last six all in one day. So that's how it works. What else did you watch this week? Um, nothing much, really. I honestly, I've been on a huge YouTube listening to podcasts a lot. Nice, I dig it. I listen to a lot um, too. Which ones you got on your queue? Right this second, I've been listening to because of a lot of back content and stuff. Uh, kind of funny games. They're a bunch of guys that used to work at IGN. Okay. And they're they do like a whole bunch of like they have a like a channel where they do right, right. all kinds of things. But their podcast is not necessarily about video games. There's generally four, maybe five of them. And they all pick a topic, whatever that may be, and then they all go around and tell a story or whatever it may be. So I like the uh, the format. Cool, yeah. Um, I've I've listened to Joe Rogan's podcast here and there. Uh, I listen to him a little bit. And I've tried. I there there are ones I really like, and then there's ones I really don't. like. Yeah, I could see that. Like I listen, I like long podcasts, but his are like long and kind of rambling. I don't know. Yeah, sometimes they're more. I don't know. I, I like uh, really listening to like the bits and pieces of yeah. this. Like I don't listen like listening like the whole thing because yeah, you're right. They're they are super long usually. Yeah, he's but um, he can be out there. But then I like a lot of what he says too. But I just I don't have the time to sift through all that just to find like the solid twenty thirty minutes that would be there. Yeah, and like I said, yeah, he's more like I don't like follow his. It's more like an opportunistic. Like I see yeah something I'm interested in or whatever. Yeah, that's cool. And then I've always really liked the uh, the IGN podcast, the Xbox one. Uh, what was it? Unlocked. Oh, okay. And then they just started doing another one. I forget what it's called, but it's the same guy who hosts the Xbox one. It's kind of like long-form interviews where they talk to, like a lot of them are like old Xbox heads and people that were in the industry, and they just tell them to tell stories about it's really cool. Like a WTF for video game people? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I used to listen to a couple IGN podcasts hosted by, like, I think it's Jim Ve- Vegeta or something, Vevita. I don't know. But uh, Keeping It Real was the movie podcast. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not bad. Uh, I Like I said, I'm just starting to, like, actually get into them where, like, I'm following particular ones. I guess I've clicked on them here and there yeah but i don't know there's something nice about listening to them yeah. it's sort of like you're part of the conversation usually even though you aren't really <laughs> I de- yeah that's what makes that's part of what makes a great podcast for sure yeah if you ever need recommendations i subscribe to 40 podcasts so <laughs> i could get <laughs> yeah i was gonna say something to you uh but uh just like the last week really like really started watching them cool 
right. Yeah. Well, I have a laundry list of things I watched. All right. <laughs> um, a couple movies that we were going to do main reviews for, but I think it's not completely necessary. So I'll just talk about them. Right. Um, 45 Years is one. This is a... Um, a I think it's um, made... The guy who made it is from England, but or the UK, Brexit. It's about a yeah. couple, an older couple, who are about to celebrate their 45th year anniversary. And out of nowhere, uh, the, the, the man gets a letter saying they found the body of his ex-lover like or spouse body who they were like hiking in Iceland or something like that and they found her body preserved in ice and Jesus. this sets apart this this um this thing where this the his wife now i mean they've been together for 45 years clearly had a happy life but all of a sudden this puts a strain on like she's thinking like i was just a rebound he just takes a really strong, like it brings him back to that moment, and he starts like looking at old pictures and remembering things and becoming more distant. And she's getting jealous, and she discovers things about the past. And this girl that I don't know, it just kind of builds and builds from there. And really well made movie. Um, he had great reviews at the end of last year, and deservedly so. I mean, it is very good. Something just didn't quite connect with me. Like it kept. Yeah. It was like it was keeping me at arm's length a little too much. Um, it's kind of cold. It reminded me of Amor from a couple of years ago, which was another. Maybe it's just old people keep me at arm's length. But the <laughs> other movie was like uh, this couple old couple the wife dies and he kind of like keeps it secret and keeps her in the, the house i think is how it went but but yeah it's definitely worth checking out if you like a little drama in the way that sounded but i'd give it a seven and a half out of ten nice and then another one is anomalisa which is the stop motion animation uh drama it came out at the end of last year as well. was nominated for Best Animated Picture. Um, written and directed, I think the team is Charlie Kaufman and Duke Johnson. This is a story of a guy who... Every person in the world has like the same face, facial, facial features and uh, voice. The exact same voice. And they're all out to get him or whatever. So it's kind of saying how uh, he's bored of the world and everyone's the same. Everyone does the same things and no individuality. And then he's at some kind of conference and he meets a girl who has her own voice. And he kind of like, he's married, but he t tries to get with this girl and it sets upon a uh, set of events where there is stop-motion animation, full-on penetrated sex scene. <laughs> and it's actually really, really good. Like, that one, that like 20, 30-minute chunk when it's the re this relationship 
the courting of a relationship between him and Lisa, who he calls Anomalisa because he can actually hear her voice. As weird as it is, like, it's not even just the sex scene, but everything around it was just extremely well done. The rest, not quite as much, but still, I mean, it's good, but again, kept me at arm's length, yeah. couldn't really completely relate to the characters, but I could see where the praise came from. Again, I'll give it a, I'll give it a light seven and a half, maybe a seven out of ten. Huh. Let's That's see. Cool. I watched Big Trouble in Little China for the first time. Oh, really? The John Carpenter movie. Have you seen it? I have not. Oh, Kurt. yeah. Great, thanks. Kurt Russell in like a 80s comedy action movie where he's yeah, like... I mean, I think I've seen a bits and pieces of it on TV, but, yeah, but yeah. I've never actually seen it. He's a, It's on Netflix now. That's why oh, I watch it? it. Yeah, and um, he's like a truck driver who gets caught in this thing in, in Japan where... I don't know. It just turns into like this farcical action comedy. It's a little out there. I I heard obviously great things about it, but I I didn't love it. It had its moments. I could see how back in the day, if you watched it, you could definitely love it. Like the typical John Carpenter effects going on, and you know, funny moments. Kurt Russell is very charismatic, and. Yeah, but I give it a six and a half out of ten. I also watched a a horror movie on Netflix Instant that came out this year. It's uh, called The Invitation. It's about a group of friends who get together to have this party, and it's kind of it starts off as just like a a drama. You know, these people get together and see how they interact and haven't seen each other in a long time. There's like ex-girlfriends, drama with the new girlfriends, and then at a certain point, about halfway through, it kind of turns into this weird culty thing, takes a little bit of a horror spin, and it was well done for a small-time movie like that. I definitely appreciated it. I'd give it a 7 out of 10. It's worth checking out if uh, if you're into that kind of thing and see it on there on Netflix. And the last movie I watched was a, I think it's a Swedish movie or some kind of Nordic country called The Wave. And it's a disaster movie where an earthquake kind of, or not an earthquake, but the plates of a mountain kind of shift. And it causes a tsunami to hit this small town and... It's basically like uh, San Andreas, but much better made and acted. And it still has its problems. It's still a disaster movie and has a, a lot of the same tropes. But just being a European movie, it has this class to it. And uh, it's it's worth checking out. I mean, it's not great, but if you like disaster movies, definitely worth a shot. I give it a six and a half. Out of ten. Yeah, I also finished season two of Bloodline last night. And uh, are you caught up in that? I no, I I didn't lose interest. I just sort of got sidetracked somewhere in the second season. Yeah, yeah. I kept dozing off while we were watching it. And I'd have to like rewatch and 
just took a while to get through season two for us just because whenever we had a chance to watch it it was really late at night and it's a show we wanted to watch together so yeah it's sort of like what happened to me in that show was i didn't lose interest at all i just kept watching it and then falling asleep and then you know when you fall asleep when you watch something you never really know where you were you either think you're way far ahead or way far behind yeah, definitely. So I kept, like, kind of losing my spot, and then, yeah, just... But, yeah, season two of Bloodline, definitely, much like the first season, it ramps up and kind of gets better and better as the season goes on, and last two episodes or so are pretty insane. Really? Yeah, and it just got uh, renewed for season three. Very so, cool. uh, yeah, I <laughs> crazy ending, season two, it's like... Okay, where do we go from here? I guess we're going to find out next year. Still love yeah, the show. I think, I think I'm four or five episodes in, something like that. Yeah, and the second season is only ten episodes, whereas the first one was 13, so. Yeah. But definitely try to finish it if you can. It's worth it. Oh, yeah, definitely on my list. Uh, just sort of, I don't know, just how things go, I guess. Oh, yeah, I definitely know where you're coming from with that. But, uh, all right, last thing before we get out of here with this very buggy episode, we're going to talk a little Comic Con news or trailers, really. Pre Judgment Day, we haven't done in a while. So, why not have a gigantic version of it to coincide with all the trailers that came out at Comic Con? Yeah. I mean, as usual, a lot of shit announced, a lot of first looks. But I guess we'll just go straight down the line. I think. DC had a pretty big uh, couple things with the Wonder Woman trailer. Yeah, DC really came out swinging. They, I think they really wanted to get a kind of get the bad taste out of people's mouth. Yeah. With the Batman Superman movie. Yeah, and we'll be reviewing that soon enough. And I look, I still haven't watched it. I'm looking forward to it. Kind yeah, of. Yeah, I haven't either. Kind of. Uh, yeah. Well, what did did you watch the Wonder Woman trailer? Yes. I thought it looked pretty good, actually. Yeah, I I mean, on paper, I would say I don't really care. Because, I don't know, I just don't have any kind of connection with Wonder Woman. I, I didn't really even know anything about her, to be completely honest. Until I like, kind of watched the trailer. Just besides what she looked like. Yeah, that's the most but, interesting thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she... It's definitely easy to look at, but she looks like she kicks ass, too. Like, yeah, It looks sure. pretty good, actually. Yeah, actually, it reminds me of the first Captain America movie, the way it was kind of the shot and looked, just the vibe of that old school thing. But instead of yeah. World War Two, World War One, and I like... Yeah, and the, the it, contrast, like, yeah. how everyone else looks and how they look. Yeah, and I really liked the first Captain America, so... I'm encouraged by that. I think I'm hopeful just because I have a four-year-old daughter. He'll be turning five soon, and I'd just like to have a strong female hero to take her to see the movie and to, like, get into. So yeah, I'm hopeful in that sense. But, yeah, I thought the trailer was really good. Um, I'm just not the biggest DC fan as as a whole, so... Yeah, I um, I was under the impression she was more like 
the equivalent of Superman more so than she's sort of the equivalent to Captain America. Oh, she's definitely more powerful than Captain America. I, I think DC characters in in general are more powered up. Yeah. But just in the way that it was like a the in the sands and the during the war and the trenches and all that. Yeah, the in the shield. Yeah, that's true. And I liked how the like her rope or the the whip thing glowed uh, golden. Yeah, that was kind of cool. Yeah, it definitely looks cool. It looks like it has a different kind of vibe than uh, Captain America does, though. So. Oh yeah, and Chris... like it looks the same, like uh, just like visually and all that. But it, I don't know, it's. It looked like it might have an almost, like, darker, like, godly kind of vibe. Yeah. And you got Chris Pine in there as Captain Kirk. <laughs> he gets teleported into the wrong place at the wrong time. <laughs> yeah. He's but, tired. But, yeah, my prejudgment, 7 out of 10. Yeah, I'll go 7 and a half. All right. Between uh, 7 and 8. For people that are quick on math. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, uh, next up for Warner Brothers was the Justice League trailer, which had Batman, or not Batman, Bruce Wayne going like very uh, Avengers Iron Man feeling, going from person to person, trying to get the gang together, the team uh, in place. And you can tell that they're taking notes from the studio and the criticisms that they received with uh, making it more lighthearted. They try to throw in jokes as much yeah. as they could. Um, I think I'm more interested to see this movie than Wonder Woman. There's like good things about Wonder Woman. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I like the way the Flash looked in this. Yeah, I, I guess I want to see this movie just to see the individual characters fleshed out more so than I want to see this movie for whatever it's going to be. Right, exactly. It's like, how come every super fast hero or superhero is super uninteresting in the comics to me, but then in the the movies, they seem to work really well. Like Quicksilver in the X-Men movies is great. Yeah. Quicksilver in the Avengers, actually, I really liked. And now the Flash looks very promising as well. I don't know. I guess... It works better visually, fast, I guess. It's, very, it's a very visual power. And when you read them in comics, they're all images. So you don't really get to see the true... Like when he's moving fast, it looks like everything's moving slower. Yeah, because he's moving so fast. I guess on the page, it's hard to really show how that power works yeah, to its full yeah, capacity. That's what I'm to say. And then in uh, with the movie, obviously you can show it any way you want. So actually, yeah. it makes perfect sense in the end. <laughs> what do you think of Aquaman? The way Cal uh, Drogo is playing him. I think it's the most interesting way they could have done Aquaman because. Do we really want... I mean, I didn't... Maybe Aquaman comics are awesome, but... On paper, he's kind of dated. I hear you talk to fish. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, 
I think it's a cool way of doing it. Like a lot of people that work on the sea and all that are people kind of live hard. It's like hard work, living rough. Kind of has that rough edge to them. Yeah, I think it might have gone a little too far in that direction, though. Overcompensating a little bit. Uh, you may be right, but he's interesting to say the least, I guess. Yeah. I'm interested to see how that pans out, I guess. Yeah, I'd like to see him in action. He yeah, just seems like... <laughs> oh, I don't know, chugging vibe, like chugging alcohol. <laughs> I don't know, like... We gotta make sure... I wanna sure. see how his powers, like, really help anything. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to picture. Like it's hard to picture. He's a super strong dude. Yeah. It's like they're like, we have to make sure people don't think Aquaman is a joke. Let's do everything possible to make that happen. Yeah. But... You really... You can really see how DC was that golden era of comics. Like, how the characters are... Oh, yeah, and yeah, yeah. Besides Batman. Yeah, um, Batman's the only interesting hero they have, in my And opinion. I don't know, what do they call the Marvel era? Is that the Silver Age or something of comics? I mean, Marvel Marvel, really big. Marvel had Golden Age, Silver Age, Bronze Age, too, but I think DC was definitely first. Yeah, you could just tell it seems it's more, more idyllic. Yeah. And, yeah. Everyone's so perfect, like Superman, Wonder Woman. It's amazing that Batman is a DC character. It kind of, it really is. <laughs> <laughs> it's everything's more like black and white, good versus evil in DC, whereas Marvel, it's more shades of gray and stuff like that. Yeah, it's definitely more modern. Yeah. Well, speaking of Marvel, we got a new Doctor Strange trailer, which I thought was yes. pretty awesome. Yeah. Brooke said it looked dumb, and I was like, how do you think this looks dumb? I th the special effects are insane. It looks psychedelic yeah. and like like Inception meets The Matrix, which I already said on the first trailer, but even more so now, it's like insane looking. <laughs> I think he's like an interesting character. They got a great actor playing him. It looks amazing. Yeah. Um, I think it might be more my style. Because, I don't know, you know how I feel about Marvel movies. Like, I like them, but I'm not, like, blown away by them. Yes. But, so they're... I'll watch pretty much all the Marvel movies, but for the most part, most of them, I'm not, like, I must see this. This, this kind of looks like one. Yeah, to me... I really want to see. <laughs> it's either going to be, like, amazing, or just a glorious insane failure but like there's no way this is just a mediocre movie yeah <laughs> like it's either gonna be really good or so bad it's good <laughs> it almost has hints of a movie that i actually kind of really liked is uh wanted yep i actually i mean i haven't watched it in a while but i did like it a lot some things about Although not everything in one, it was super flushed out. But I don't know. There's certain vibes of that story that I kind of see in the trailers. Doctor, or what, is it Doctor Strange? Yeah, Doctor Strange. Stephen yeah. Strange. I keep getting mixed up between Mister. <laughs> but it's Mister Doctor Strange to you. 
the, I'm just talking like style wise, and I really like the style of that movie. So that Inception superhero seems like trying to get missed. But yeah, I agree. I'll say eight and a half out of ten here. Yeah, I, I gotta agree. Eight and and I'll say six and a half for Justice League. I forgot to say. Uh, yeah, I'll give that a seven. Nice. And more Marvel on the Netflix side. They had a really nice trailer for Luke Cage coming out in September. Yeah, this this trailer was awesome. It's a, it's kind of something I don't have interest in, but it looked cool enough that I want to see it. Yeah, man. Because you like Daredevil, right? Yeah, I watched the first season. Yeah, and I guarantee if you gave it a shot, you would like Jessica Jones as well. Like, Marvel Netflix has been hitting out of the park, and you are introduced to Luke Cage in the Jessica Jones series, and he's one of the best parts of it. So I was already looking forward to this, but this trailer was awesome. I just love how it gives him his own setting. He's in Harlem. Like, he just is walking there through, kicking people's asses. He's just a badass character. Um, I like just, I don't know. I love what they're doing over there. With Marvel Netflix. Yeah, I like how... Like, all, like Daredevil's sort of an almost more realistic tone. In a way, for superhero. Yeah. I And I like how they're not afraid with the Luke Cage thing to be, have some style. Like, busting through a wall and with a car door. Yeah. That, like, I'm thinking the whole time, like, this car door isn't going to protect him from shit, really, but... He's already bulletproof anyway. It doesn't anyway. really matter. <laughs> yeah, I guess he just was uh, wanted to give it a go. I don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I like how they're doing, like, they had a you know, typical straight white male lead, and then they had a female-centered one. Now they have, like, a more of an all-black cast. Like, give a little diversity. And you know? I like the actor. He's the guy who oh, played yeah. uh, Locke. He's awesome. In, um halo five oh, really? a tv series the year before within nice what his name is like mike colton or mike something like that yeah something like that but he's actually like it they actually use like actors in game now so he's with uh nathan fillion oh yeah yeah, yeah and nathan drake <laughs> he's the guy hunting the master chief oh, quote cool. unquote yeah, he's really good, yeah, especially if you watch Jessica Jones. He already shared off how good he could be in this role, so definitely looking forward to that. And they also had a little glimpse of Iron Fist, which is the next series following Luke Cage. Not really which much I think they to go off of. It looked kind of cheap. You think so? Yeah. It got, I just know the character from the comics, and I like him a lot. So it was just enough to say, all right, see what you got like i'm interested I, I was already interested so i guess it really didn't make a difference for me yeah I, and to be fair i think you're the person they aimed this at true yeah yeah specifically me bob fail yeah just for you <laughs> but i don't know i the vibe i got from it was they put it out just to for the fans of yeah yeah, yeah. Like, i mean it was like at comic-con so yeah and Finn Jones, who plays Loras uh, in Game of Thrones, is the lead. Oh, really? Yeah, doesn't look anything like his character in <laughs> Game of Thrones. That's crazy. But, uh, yeah. And then 
they had a, de- a really short Defenders trailer, which was more just like uh, Nirvana's Come As You Are with like just animated like graphics. Like, yeah, sort of montage. Bringing together the spell thing. of Defenders. I mean, it was cool. It just didn't really, obviously they haven't really filmed anything, so. Yeah, I really thought it was cool Nirvana getting used. Yeah, it was like a, a weird slowed down version. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I was thinking, like, how did they get the rights to that? Was uh, was Kurt Cobain a Marvel Comics fan? <laughs> probably not. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> Man could dream. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I think that's it for comic book stuff. But there was more trailers, much more trailers. Uh, Kong Skull Island finally got a trailer, which is like the, the another King Kong movie. Set yeah. in the same universe as the Godzilla film. And I think uh, in a couple of years they've already announced that they'll have a King Kong vs. Godzilla movie. And this Great. is kind of setting that up. What did you think? I did think the movie looked kind of cool. Yeah, I actually did too. It, uh, it looks like a well-made movie. Um, I don't know about the King Kong thing. I just think... I don't know. I guess it's almost like a modern day fairy tale mm-hmm. or folklore type thing, like King Kong. It's going to just be redone and redone and redone through the years. But yeah. I feel like we, when we were younger, it was a little more relevant than it is now. Because I don't know. We still kind of came out of the age of where we were watching like the old Bugs Bunny and all that. And there was a lot of references to that time period and True. That being King Kong and all. So I remember that being more like common sense when I was younger. Like when they made the horrible Godzilla movie and the pretty bad King Kong movie Peter Jackson made. I actually loved the King Kong movie. I it's been a long, long time since I Yeah, seen I it. I haven't seen it in a while <laughs> either, but I remember loving it. I mean it's definitely too long, but I remember liking Jack Black and all, <laughs> but I uh, remember tearing up at the end when Kong bites it. I really just remember that there was it was one of the first like it's when Xbox 360. Yep, came out. exactly. Clear as day. And it was one of like the first game. I don't know. Ever when the comes out, there's sort of like not anything to play, so you're more likely yep. to buy a <laughs> shitty game. Yep. And it had the, <laughs> he had the easiest achievements. All you had to do was beat the game, and you had a thousand points. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> best. <laughs> yep. Whenever I think of King Kong, I think of that game. That's <laughs> yeah, really the only thing I. And I remember them like hyping that game up, like saying they were using the same things, effects in the game as they did in the movie. Yeah, and yeah, I, yeah. I can't remember. It definitely but... looked good though for the time. Oh, for sure. I remember that was the whole reason getting it, right? Yeah. Definitely. One of the first games where it was like, wow, look what this can do. Yeah, the graphics, the graphics. That's all there was. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was basically generic first-person shooter. But uh, Back to Kong Skull Island. The cast here is really good. Um, you got John Goodman. Can't miss on that. With um, the girl from 10 Cloverfield Lane. <laughs> They're teaming up again. And Sam- well. Samuel L. Jackson is in there. And it's the director that did uh, 
Kings of Summer, the little indie coming of age movie a couple years ago that I thought was pretty good. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, I remember. I don't think I ever saw it, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah, and yeah, it looked cool. I like had like a Vietnam feel with the helicopter, and King Kong is huge. Yeah, the biggest he's ever been. I don't know why, but. I guess maybe if he's going to eventually compete with Godzilla, he's got to be bigger. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> but I liked how like the helicopter flying around him just looked like a gnat or like a dra- like a dragonfly or something. Yeah. It definitely. It, it looks like it's going to have some dark undertones to it. It looks pretty cool. Yeah. I'll get. And yeah, I like the '60s theme. Yeah, definitely. It's every movie now is like a throwback. To the 67 years or 80s. Yeah. Well, I guess it used to always be the 20s, 30s, 40s, World War Two. Yeah. Well, Hail Caesar, even. Yeah. Uh, Pretty cool. Yeah, I'll give it a 7 out of 10. 7? Yeah, I think I'm right on with that, too. 7. All right. Well, did you watch The Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them second trailer? No, I haven't seen the... I saw the first trailer. I didn't see the second. I've seen clips of the second one, but... I mean, um, you get a more of an idea of what it really is about with him losing the monsters and trying to get them back. And I don't know. I, I think it's cool that it's in the Harry Potter universe, and it looks all right. I mean, I'm definitely... It looks cool. Like, yeah. the whole... This theme, the setting, and all that. Yeah. It's going to have... I think someone like me that doesn't love... Like, I like the Harry Potter movies. Don't get me wrong, but... Like, I don't have a love for them like other people do. Mm-hmm. I think I, I'm i sort of more of their audience in a way. Like, they're trying to get people that were haters for no reason mm-hmm. on the train or whatever. Yeah, I mean, the special effects look great. It looks like it'll be some fun. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, for some reason, it's not like getting me excited or anything it's just like yeah when it comes out i'll probably check it out yeah great i'll give it a eight out of ten because i'm sure it'll be good <laughs> i'll give it a seven and a half right. a little more skeptical <laughs> did you watch the king arthur trailer i did not you're lucky <laughs> really easily the worst trailer of the bunch it's it's the story of King Arthur and Sword in the Stone, but told by Guy Ritchie in the most, oh, like... Oh, you know what? I did see this. This is with uh, Charlie Hunnam, right? Yeah. It looks fucking terrible. Yeah. <laughs> it, it just... look good. I Guy don't Ritchie know. should go back to his, like, more indie Yeah. Movies. What's he... His style does not fit this kind of thing. It's like, macho it up, bro it up, like do these weird camera angles in the medieval time. I don't know. I yeah. really like the story of like the sword and the stern and King Arthur and all that kind of stuff. But I don't know. This is like, I'm not interested. It's, yeah, it's, the trailer isn't selling me. I give it. I'm giving it a six. I don't think it's going to be horrible. But... <laughs> that movie sucked. I give it a seven. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll give it a three and a half. Jeez. Yeah, piece of crap. <laughs> Razzie Award already. Uh, did you oh. see the, the Train Spotting 2 teaser? Did not. 
Did you like you like Train Spotting, right? Yeah, I I guess I heard they were making this, but I sort of maybe didn't believe it. Yeah, same stars, same director. It really wasn't a trailer. It was more just like showing, hey, look, who's back? We're doing it. Yeah, it's coming. It's going to suck, probably. Which was cool in itself. I don't know. I trust that director. I think he'll he'll make something happen. Yeah, I don't know. I just don't like the idea of revisiting these types of movies that it should have been done five, six years ago or whatever, Mm -hmm. even sooner. I just, I don't know. It kind of makes me think of like Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> True. After, after they got them to like come back, it but, still sucked. But maybe the distance will help in this case, where it's like, what are these fuck ups? Will they be like when they're older, in their forties or whatever? I mean, I, I'll still. I'm interested in seeing more. I'm not gonna write it off, but I don't have a good feeling about it. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. There was a movie called The Woods. It was supposed to come out uh, this year, and there was a big reveal where it's actually a Blair Witch sequel. Oh, uh, I heard about this. I heard it looked cool. <laughs> it, it definitely did. I mean, found footage horror, just like the first one, uh, made by Adam Wingard and Simon Barrett, who are a good duo of horror slash thriller movies. They did The Guest and You're Next, which both very... The guest I liked a lot more, but both very good. And, yeah, apparently they actually screened the movie at Comic-Con to surprise people wow. with. And it got rave reviews, which, I mean, easy pickings, but still, some good buzz. Yeah, so, they always say you got to take in, like, Comic-Cons and stuff with a grain of salt. Yeah. Because usually people are just psyched that they're getting to see the movie early. Oh, they're primed and ready. Like, <laughs> it's... Yeah. It's, I don't know. It's like going going to the bar at three a.m. sober when everyone's sloppy. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it'll be good. I think I'll give it a seven and a half out of ten. Nice. Last couple things were some TV stuff. Stars has a series based on the book American Gods by Neil Gaiman coming out, which is getting some good buzz. Watch the trailer. Looks vulgar. Looks interesting. Looks uh, like a lot of things that are coming out lately. Yeah. But I had heard of the book, never read it, or I don't even really know anything about it. But through through listening to podcasts, I heard something about a scene where uh, some woman eats someone alive through her vagina. Wow. <laughs> or something like that. I mean, they didn't go into too much detail, but that's what I got out of it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Holy crap. Yeah. Uh, also, there was a little clip for Star Trek Discovery. The What a turnaround. Uh, <laughs> the, the CBS All Access exclusive show. Um, <laughs> this is CBS going into a... Oh, shit. What's the saying for Star Trek? Uh, um... Where no man has gone before. Final frontier. (laughs) They're going to try something that no one's really tried before. A big name franchise television series on their streaming only app. I'm not a Star Star Trek guy, but I do have CBS All Access for the Big Brother live feeds, so maybe I'll roll with it. Maybe I'll watch it. 
Yeah. I I agree with you. I was never interested in Star Trek growing up. I thought it was kind of boring. Yeah. But I don't have anything against it either. I do really like the movies. Yeah, I agree. I think it was just like I was just a dumb kid. <laughs> Didn't really uh, latch on. Maybe now, as I'm a dumb adult, I would like it. <laughs> I never liked the whole vibe the show gate like to me there was something depressing about seeing that show because it was just like a network like rerun show for the most part when yeah, I watched yeah, yeah. It. syndication yeah yeah so yeah it was always like what was on at my grandparents house whenever I was over and I'm like is either yeah that's what I kind of get out of it like <laughs> I mean, this I is for like old people. Watching what I wanted to. <laughs> yeah. It was more like what I could be watching instead. Is yeah. It was either uh, <laughs> Star Trek or Walker, Texas Ranger. Yeah. <laughs> Always getting in the way of my cartoons. The ones I liked, the, I used to like watching my grandmother would watch us. My, when I lived with my other grandmothers. Yeah, and I'd be sleeping like kind of in the. I could see the TV sort of from where I was sleeping. Long story short, and she would watch like unsolved mysteries, and I'd stay up all fucking night watching that. Nice. Like that was like elementary school. (laughs) (laughs) That shit would give me nightmares if I ever watched it. Oh, it definitely freaked me out. The guy's voice. (laughs) Yeah, and you're like, oh shit, he could be in my backyard right now. This murderer. (laughs) People forget like. Unsolved Mysteries sometimes took a really left turn and they would talk about like someone that like said they got abducted by aliens or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I know. And then like me as a kid watching the show, I would think that was like extremely credible because it was on Unsolved Mysteries. <laughs> <laughs> but then at the same time, they have one where it's like this man escaped the Saint Asylum, killed 30 people and is yet to be caught today. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what? <laughs> Yeah, weird show. <laughs> they should bring it back. Bring it back. <laughs> the last thing I have is uh, Legion, which is a pretty cool concept. It's an FX show um, about it's like partnered with Marvel, but it's a X Men universe type deal. May uh, created same creator as the guy who did Fargo, the TV series for FX, and it's. Oh, really? It's about Charles Xavier's son is the main character, played by Dan Stevens, who's a great actor I really like. And I think basically he's a super powerful mutant who has multi-personality disorder, and each one of his personalities has a different superpower. And mm-hmm. But like the kind of the hook of the show apparently is like they're trying to figure out if he actually has powers or if it's all in his head. Oh, like, I got you. So, I don't know. That seems kind of... And just knowing this creator and the trailer was really cool. Like, I don't know. I th- I think it's going to be very good. It sounds like a concept that could be easily screwed up and turned into nonsense, but I have faith. Yeah, it definitely... Uh, you sold me on it. All right. <laughs> I should get a job with FX. <laughs> but yeah, that's all I got. Yeah. That's all I got. When is a Suicide Squad coming up? Next week. About time. I'm too tired of seeing this thing advertised. I, I do want to see it, though. Yeah, me too. I actually 
Was it a late night show or whatever? Stephen Colbert. He just interviewed Jai Courtney, and Jai Courtney looked like he wanted to stab him. Really? Just for asking, like, pretty basic questions. That's it interesting. It's was, was a really awkward uh, interview. Huh. But I was going to say, you think this is going to be his good role? No, Jai Courtney fucking sucks. <laughs> <laughs> He's the worst. I can't believe he keeps getting work. At least he was typecast as an Australian in this one. Yeah, that's true. He's <laughs> an Australian. No, I mean, I don't know. He might be good. Maybe he's just had a... No, I, sorry, I can't do it. He sucks. He's, yeah, been pretty bad and everything. <laughs> oh, there's one movie that I thought he fit for, but I can't remember what it was. What, did his character die in that movie? <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Jai Courtney, not a friend of the show. <laughs> nah, he was so bad as Bruce Willis' uh, son in A Good Day to Die Hard. <laughs> was that him? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. And he's that bad in everything. It's just, I don't know. I mean, I guess he's a must be charismatic in the audition room. I don't know. Yeah, I guess. But yeah. So, apologies for having such a... Uh, buggy Weird. episode yeah. yeah we've had we had some skype issues first time in a long time we've had something like that. well actually no if you listen to the last episode i lost yeah, Joel at the end but this was a little, a little more uh harmful that was at the tail end and i just coasted to the end uh but this has been well throughout so you probably noticed some hiccups and some differences in sound quality but we made it to the end yeah uh, we'll work on it yeah as we go. hopefully we'll get it ironed out we're not in person anymore, so these things will happen from time to time. But thanks for sticking with us, the three people that did. <laughs> so email us, theredboxreport@yahoo.com. Follow us on Twitter at the Redbox Report. I'm personally on Twitter at the Oriole Report. I'm on Twitter at Redbox Reporter. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Subscribe to our YouTube page. And as always, um, bye. Should I go? If you say that you are mine, I'll be here till the end of time. So you've got to let me know. Should I stay or should I go? It's always taste, taste, taste. You're happy when I'm on my knees. One day is fine and next is black So if you want me off your back Well come on and let me know Should I stay or should I go? Should I stay or should I go now? Should I stay or should I go now? i
situation's bugging me. If you don't want me, set me free. Exactly who I'm supposed to be. Don't you know which clothes even fit me? Come on and let me know. Should I cool it or should I blow? Should I stay or should I go now?